Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. School is out for summer, and so is the Texas legislature. So a lot of things changing, if you will, but a lot of important updates, a lot of wrap-up. I'm not the focal point or the, you know, the place to, to give you all the suggestions about what to do with your kids this summer, even though I do have some ideas. My children are out for school already for the summer, and we've got a few things planned. But if you want to know what happened during the Texas legislative session, this is the place to come. So if you've heard the show before, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom. And we have had over 200 consecutive episodes of the Texas Values Report going back four years. So we're going to talk about the legislature. Coming up later in the show, you want to hang around, okay? Or you want to share this so your friends can hang around. For the first time, making his first appearance on the Texas Values Report is going to be Rob Bluey. He is the vice president of communications and the executive of at Heritage Foundation in D.C., and he's the executive editor of the Daily Signal. He is a widely relied on voice when it comes to conservative principles up in D.C. and nationally. He's got a tremendous amount of Twitter followers and, of course, a lot of writing that comes out on the Daily Signal. As a matter of fact, I think a piece from our senior policy analyst, Nicole Hudgens, is coming out on the Daily Signal, uh, if it's not already out should be out sometime this week talking about the Chick-fil-A issue, but the legislative session has ended. Rob Bluey, and that's B-L-U-E-Y, his Twitter handle is at Robert Bluey, B-L-U-E-Y. I'm going to put this up here so you can see what his Twitter handle is. He'll be on in just a few minutes giving us some updates from D.C. He's talked about the issue of what's happening with San Antonio and Chick-fil-A. He's also commented on the Equality Act. We're going to talk about those two issues. And because I see on his Twitter handle that looks like he's a Pirates fan, we might talk a little summer baseball. You know how I am about those situations. But the session ended on Monday. And if you want to know what passed and what didn't, You need to go to TXValuesAction.org. Texas Values Action, a partner group with Texas Values, has a tremendous report and summary up about what passed during the session. Okay. And so, you know, look, um, as I think one of our titles, one of the titles says that the Texas legislative session tasted a lot like chicken. Okay. Because, and look, we're trying to have just a little bit of fun with the issue, but let's be clear about how important this issue is. And if you look at... The TXValuesAction.org homepage on this article, they thought it was dead. Okay, that's the title of the summary piece for the 86th legislative session. And that really encompasses a lot of things if you want to step back and think about what some people thought about after last elections in Texas and going into the legislative session. But it's more focused on what happened with the Save Chick-fil-A Religious Freedom Bill, Senate Bill 1978. Why did we say that they thought it was dead? Because the House version, House Bill 3172 of the Safe Chick-fil-A Religious Freedom Bill was dead. Okay, It was killed on a technicality by a point of order called by a member of the LGBT caucus who spent a lot of time celebrating, and she was quite celebrated that night, <coughs> excuse me, um, when on a technicality, 
the bill went down. And I say a technicality because it had to do with the process side related to some details about uh, the summary of the bill and the timing. It had nothing to do with the content, nor did it have anything to do with the support because it was clear that there was a majority of support. And so, but the view was that the bill was dead and that was probably it for that issue for this session because there wasn't a whole lot of time left. But as we write about in this piece, this session wrap-up piece, or that's it's written about on txvaluesaction.org, that there was a resurrection because Senate Bill 1978 was the Senate companion of the Save Chick-fil-A Religious Freedom Bill. So it started moving that following Monday, and within 11 days later, that bill was passed, and it's headed to Governor Abbott's uh, desk for his signature. The bill had bipartisan support, and it became a national issue. And look, it's still a national issue, the, the, the Chick-fil-A issue. Why? Because now the Federal Aviation Administration has opened up an investigation on this issue because don't forget, when we talk about airports, typically the federal government has some jurisdiction there also, even though the San Antonio airport is uh, also under the city's jurisdiction. And just so you want to verify what I'm talking about, you can see here on the legislature's website, Senate Bill 1978, and you see that that capital E sent to the governor. Though That's where it lists actions, okay? That means it's been executed and it's being sent to the governor. We expect his signature uh, very soon. The governor has 20 days once the legislative session ends, so plenty of time for that. And I don't think there's any... Then there's any doubt the governor's going to sign the bill into law. As a matter of fact, he tweeted in kind of a creative way about his support for the Save Chick-fil-A Religious Freedom Bill, Senate Bill 1978. So if you're watching on social media, okay, we're broadcasting live, but the radio show that we broadcast out of in studio, they've got an AM and an FM dial. And I think that it reaches San Antonio to some degree or some parts or maybe people close to San Antonio. And that's important. Why? Because there's an election going on right now. You've got a choice. If you want to decide who's going to be the mayor of San Antonio, they're in the middle of the runoff. And it relates to our issues, too, at Texas Values because there are there's a choice on the Chick-fil-A issue in San Antonio. The incumbent, Ron Nuremberg, He voted to ban Chick-fil-A from opening up a store at the airport because of Chick-fil-A's donations to religious organizations like Fellowship of Christian Athletes and Salvation Army. The challenger, Greg Brockhouse, does not support the ban on Chick-fil-A. As a matter of fact, he spent a lot of time making it clear how huge of a mistake and violation it was for the other council members in San Antonio to vote in favor of this ban. It wasn't unanimous. I think it was 6-4 or 6-5 at some point. So it's very close. So uh, I don't think it, I mean, you could argue that if Greg Brockhouse wins, this policy is going to be changed in the city of San Antonio. And that's relevant because Greg Brockhouse, who is challenging Nuremberg, and and early voting is going on right now. The main election day is June 8th in this runoff election for San Antonio mayor. A lot of people may not be aware of this. San Antonio is the second largest city in the state of Texas. You know, we hear a lot about Dallas-Fort Worth and Austin, and a lot of times people forget about San Antonio and that little space over there, you know, unless you're talking about the Alamo. They're the second largest city in the state of Texas. Now, you put Dallas-Fort Worth together, they're clearly larger than San Antonio, but they are separate legal entities, even though we talk a lot about them together, Dallas-Fort Worth. Um, 
standalone, neither one of those cities population-wise, according to Wikipedia, uh, for what it's worth, second, San Antonio is the second largest city, and San Antonio is the seventh largest city in the country, okay? So this mayoral election is huge, and it's getting a lot of attention, and look, it, it was very close. I think it was 48-46 or 49-46 going into the runoff election between Ron Nuremberg, who supports the ban on Chick-fil-A being banned from the airport because they gave donations to to Salvation Army and Fellowship of Christian Athletes, but also because, um, uh, and also um, Greg Brockhouse does not support the ban. He opposes the ban on Chick-fil-A. And so you got two choices. And talk to your friends. Look, if you know people in San Antonio, tell them what's going on. They may not be realize there's an election going on. So a, a vote for Ron Nuremberg is a vote to keep the ban on Chick-fil-A in San Antonio, which is already costing them some money because the Federal Aviation Administration is investigating now. And there's this suggestion and thought that the airport could lose grant money because this is a violation of federal law. But now we've got a state law that's been passed. So you got San Antonio in a position. Do you want to vote for a mayor who's okay with violating state law and federal law? Or do you want to vote for a, a mayor, Greg Brockhouse, who does not support this ban and supports religious liberty? That's a choice that people in San Antonio have to make. But without further delay, we want to welcome our guest today on the Texas Values Report, uh, Robert Bluey, as many call him. I think he likes to be called Rob. Rob Bluey is going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Rob is the Vice President of Communications for Heritage up in Washington, D.C. area. He's the executive editor of the Daily Signal. As a matter of fact, I think he was the founding editor of the Daily Signal. He uh, grew up in upstate New York, graduated from Ithaca College, and was the editor of the award-winning paper there, The Ithacan. Uh, He and his wife live in North Virginia, and they have two sons. And I see on his Twitter handle, which is at Robert Bluey, that he's also a Pirates fan. So we might have to talk a little baseball and see how Josh Bell's doing this session. But let's welcome for the first time to the Texas Values Report, Rob Bluey. Rob, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Well, thank you for having me on. It's great to be with you. Well, it's great to have you. And, you know, look, I have been a fan of your work and, of course, the Daily Signal and Heritage for quite some time. And so I get to see from time to time things that you're involved in, tweets that you put out. Uh, I see you're saying some nice things about our congressman from Texas, Chip Roy, recently. But earlier in the week, we saw you tweet about what's going on in the city of San Antonio. And now the Federal Aviation Administration has gotten involved in this issue where the city of San Antonio has banned Chick-fil-A from opening up a store because of a report that came out from Think Progress that Chick-fil-A gave donations to the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and Salvation Army. Our friends at First Liberty have requested an investigation from the Department of Transportation. So has our Attorney General Ken Paxton. And so now the FAA and the U.S. Department of Transportation has said they're going to look into this. Now we've got a national story on our hands. How do you see this issue? You certainly do have a big story in your hands there. You know, it is really refreshing to see somebody stepping up and, uh, and looking out for the religious liberty rights um, and, and not necessarily kowtowing to the politically correct uh, out there because – Frankly, it's not just San Antonio. Buffalo Niagara Airport was attempting to do the same thing, and, and frankly, it could have been a national trend. So I'm glad to see that the FAA is stepping in to investigate. Uh, we'll have to see how it ultimately plays out. I mean, I, I think that there are people out there 
who have certain uh, perceptions or misperceptions uh, in, in when it comes to Chick-fil-A. Uh, they've been certainly branded politically, whether they like it or not. And those on the left are doing everything in their power to, uh, to try to drive them out of business or drive people away from enjoying uh, the great uh, meals that they produce. Well, you know, you mentioned about this becoming a national trend. We know about the story out of Buffalo. We had a very impressive intern spend some time earlier this session, and she is a graduate of the University of Texas, as I am myself. Just got to throw that in there. But she did some great work for us earlier this year, and she did some investigation. There are close to a dozen incidents in the past two years or so where Chick-fil-A has been targeted by either local governments or government-like entities on college campuses where they've tried to push them off campus. And we're going to put that link up later today so people can see that. But we use that as a talking point to state legislators as part of the process of of passing the Save Chick-fil-A Religious Freedom Bill that the state of Texas passed recently to make it clear you cannot ban, or excuse me, you can't punish uh, individuals and businesses because of religious organizations that they choose to give donations to, which is really kind of what's in the center of this. But we know some of this, Rob, relates to this history of Chick-fil-A believing or, or their founder saying marriage between a man and a woman. People are still trying to settle that old score, if you will. But it's also come into play right in the middle of the city of San Antonio having these runoff mayoral elections, and you've got one candidate that supports the ban on Chick-fil-A. The other candidate does not support the, the ban on Chick-fil-A. And so a lot of these things have just created this perfect storm with this issue just getting a lot more attention. Obviously, having more friendly people at the federal level is coming, you know, is likely to come to aid. But, you know, and, and I, I agree, the Chick-fil-A is a pretty big company. You know, a lot of people think, well, I mean, you know, they'll probably be okay. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But over time, if we see more of this happen, it's likely to impact Chick-fil-A, but it's certainly likely to impact those small business owners if governments are allowed to get away with this. You're absolutely correct. And thanks for bringing it back to those those core principles, because look, the First Amendment of of the United States Constitution, the Bill of Rights, I mean, it it, it enshrines in that this, this religious freedom that is so much of a core about who we are as Americans. And for some people today to try to take that away and to try to discriminate against businesses or individuals based on their religious beliefs is truly just outrageous. And I think that that's what we're seeing. Uh, You're seeing it there in San Antonio. You're seeing it in other examples all across this country. And I think what is at the heart here is you have people who particularly don't like uh, the business owners of Chick-fil-A and their personal decisions. This has nothing to do with maybe the franchise in San Antonio or all of the uh, different business owners. They may have completely different beliefs, but there are certain core values that Chick-fil-A believes in. For instance, they're closed on Sunday in honor of you know, the, the day of rest uh, to, to, you know, for our, our Lord God. And that's their right to do so. Uh, a politician, whether it's a mayoral candidate or an elected official, uh, should not step in and try to shutter a, a business uh, simply because they don't agree with that person's religious beliefs. I mean, that is, goes against the core be- system of, uh, of what we believe in in this country. And so I am glad to see the state officials in Texas uh, step in. I'm glad to see the FAA and the Secretary of Transportation taking it seriously and investigating. Well, we're talking with Rob Bluey, Vice President of Communications at Heritage Foundation, and also the editor, excuse me, executive editor of The Daily Signal. Rob, you know, we're streaming Facebook Live. This program is also recorded. It'll be podcasted later. But so I'm holding up a picture of your Twitter page and handle so people can see. If you want to tweet it, Rob, it's uh, Robert Bluey, B-L-U-E-Y. 
uh, on Twitter. And so he's always got some very interesting things to say. And look, I'm really thankful that you helped shed some light on this issue for people in Texas. I know it's become more of a national issue, but certainly a lot of people in Texas have been following this. So we're always encouraged to see our friends from the Daily Signal and Heritage uh, uh, really help get the word out and kind of broaden the the amount of people that know what's going on. So we appreciate the air cover, if you will, and, and all the great things that you do up there. Speaking about what's going up on in your area, something we've been following about from the state level, if you will, is the issue around the Equality Act. We saw this vote a week or so ago. A couple of Republicans in Texas voted for it, including Will Hurd, who has a history of voting the wrong way on some of these issues. That's been a concern to us. What's the latest on the Equality Act? And if you could give our listeners maybe a little bit of detail about the concerns on this issue when it comes to religious liberty. And I'm also hearing it could have impact on the life issue as well. Yes, it, it certainly could. Well, the Equality Act, uh, for, for your listeners, is a piece of legislation that's been around for a long time. It's been elevated now because Democrats control the U.S. House of Representatives. And so they've made it one of their signature pieces of legislation. And what it would do is it would amend the Civil Rights Act of 1964 by including sexual orientation and gender identity. So the concern really comes into, if you're, if you're a business, and you have deeply held religious beliefs, because as you correctly said, it all often comes back to those religious beliefs, um, the government could step in and tell you basically that you need to disregard those beliefs and uh, the federal law would supersede. Several states have already attempted to do this. It's, you know, it's a you know, litigious type of an issue. I would expect that it would ultimately end up in the courts. Fortunately, it's not going anywhere. The House did pass it with the support of eight Republicans and all Democrats. Uh, Republicans in control of the Senate, uh, of course, will not bring it up. And President Trump and the uh, Trump administration have spoken out against the, the bill. So uh, it's not going anywhere in the short term. However, it's one of those things that you can expect the left will continue to push. And if they do control the levers of power in Washington, they'll be certain to bring it up. But um, it has a number of concerns on, on those grounds. And uh, it's one of the things that I think uh, your listeners should be aware of because it's not going away. And they will certainly mount an effort in the future to bring it back. Well, we've seen versions of this before, the Employment Non-Discrimination Act and some of those things that hung around for a while that uh, members of Congress, liberal members of Congress tried to get votes on um, when it relates to sexual orientation, gender identity. They were not able to advance those principles. And some of that is because there was a demand that if any of those things move forward, that they had to have protections for our First Amendment right for churches and, and nonprofits and so on. And and eventually, I think the left um, was unwilling to do that. And so the, they really have withdrawn a lot of their efforts and now kind of recreated it with the Equality Act and others, which is much more robust and goes much further, if you will, on some of these issues and tremendous concern. We saw some of these things at the state level. We called them ban the Bible bills because of how aggressive they were and really criminalized people of faith from living out their faith when it comes to a Christian counselor, being able to just talk to people about issues of sexuality from a biblical perspective. And so we're seeing a lot more activity on this and it continues to be of concern, but educating people is key. Um, the work that you and your staff and, and your team do at Heritage Foundation is so critical. Tell us, our listeners, a little bit more about kind of the, the spectrum of things that you guys do and how important it is to educate uh, people on these issues, particularly as they, they may change a little bit or become a little bit more deeper as far as uh, the attacks by the left. 
Sure, I'd be happy to do so, and I'll do so in the context of the Equality Act because I think it's a recent example of where yep. we've had some success. What we try to do with the Daily Signal is to take a policy issue like this, a debate that might be t playing out, and explain to people how it would affect them in their real life. So oftentimes, trying to put a human face or find an individual who's personally affected uh, by a piece of legislation. And in this case, it would affect women's sports. And so what we did is we traveled to Connecticut, and we spoke to a track athlete in high school who has found herself, uh, found herself on the outside of, uh, of the competition because she's been pushed out by these uh, biological males who are competing in, in the girls' track meets. And so I'm, it's a, it, it, this came in the form of a written story and a video, a short documentary. And what we try to do is to tell these stories. We think that's some of the most effective ways. Look, conservatives often uh, have the facts and the data on their side. What we often lack is, is the emotion and the, uh, the storytelling ability that the left seems to dominate. So we think it's a powerful combination when you include the research that we do at the Heritage Foundation along with the stories that we produce at the Daily Signal. And hopefully we can have an impact and, uh, and, and change our culture for the better. Well, look, I, I think y'all do incredible work. You know, we, we've been a fan of your work. I mean, and a lot of times there, there is a lot of rhetoric on a lot of these issues. And sometimes what's missing is, you know, some really strong information that's backed up with people that know what they're talking about, citing their sources. You know, I think about when I was in law school, I would be told this when I would present an argument, cite your source. And, and these aren't always legal issues. They're not always like court cases. So it's not as if, you know, it, it has to follow that trend, but it certainly helps when you can cite sources, you can cite information, you can cite statistics, you can cite real examples like the one that you just brought up, because a lot of times people aren't aware of that wherever they may live. But with the way technology is working, working now, people are more connected in some ways than they have ever before. And that's an opportunity for people to get this type of information. And I think that storytelling, if you will, really helps and people can see it. I've seen more, a little bit more national coverage. Laura Ingram and others have covered this where they've had young women come on and they talk about these issues of, of competition. And it's a real issue and a lot more women. I mean, look, Martina Navratilova is talking about this issue or she was earlier this year. And so, I, I mean, I think that's something that's very encouraging. Well, as she was, and look at the backlash that she faced. That's so look, right. it, it, what, what we do and what you do uh, is really needed in our culture right now because it, takes, it take, does take courage to speak out on some of these issues. You do often find yourselves under attack from, from the politically correct police out there and others who uh, would, would prefer to move things in a, in a direction that we think is uh, you know, damaging to, uh, to Americans and, and our future generations. So we're, uh, we're there on the front lines fighting, and we appreciate the, the work you're doing as well to help, uh, help give it that exposure and, and really help bring the truth to the American people. Okay, Rob, we're going to wrap up, but before we do, I'm going to throw in a little sports because I am a sports guy and try to do a little research to get a little little bit more insight uh, on your background. So I saw on your Twitter handle that you're a fan of the Pirates. Okay, just so people want to know, I'm talking with Rob Bluey. He is the uh, Vice President of Communications at Heritage. He's also the Executive Editor of the Daily Signal. You can tweet at him at, at Robert Bluey, B-L-U-E-Y. And I have to admit, you know, look, I'm an Astros fan. I'm a huge baseball fan, but I don't know a whole, a whole lot about the Pirates, but it looks like Josh Bell's having a good season. Do you get out to some games? I mean, what is that something you're going to do this summer? 
Hey, I had a chance to see uh, my Buckos play in Washington earlier this year. It was nice. great uh, to, to see them. And Josh Bell is having a terrific season. You look, the Pirates are hanging in there. They're one of those small market teams that uh, always struggles, especially in that division that they're in against the Cubs and the Cardinals and the Brewers. But they seem to be hanging in there. They, uh, they're right around 500, which is typically where they've been the past few years. Right. But, you know, look, they get hot and Josh Bell goes on a home run streak. Who knows? Anything's possible. No, absolutely. That PNC Park is beautiful from what I've seen, and that's certainly one of my destinations. I've been to about 12 baseball parks, and there's still plenty to get to. So, but look, we've enjoyed having you on. Rob Bluey has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Rob, God bless you and the work you do with Heritage and Daily Signal, and we hope to have you back on the show again sometime soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, it's great to have Rob come on. Uh, I've been a fan of his for a long time, but hadn't had a chance to connect. It's always important in the work we do to get that national perspective on some of these things, particularly from people like him who know a lot about these issues. They've been involved in these um, fights, if you will, and, and discussion. And, you know, people that – and look, I'm not saying that you have to have certain degrees to work on this work, but some of it has gotten highly technical. I mean, if you look at the court cases, the amount of legislation, it can be a lot to follow and a lot to keep up with. And so uh, Rob and his team certainly are one of the top organizations that put out very thoughtful, well-researched, and accurate information. And so we're going to hope to continue to connect with them. And we do have a Daily Signal piece coming out soon about the Save Chick-fil-A Religious Freedom Bill. So other two bills that passed, because we're about to run out of time, the House Bill 16, Born Alive Infant Protection Act, passed um, at the state level. That makes it clear that a baby is born alive as a result of a failed or botched abortion, if you will, that they will give full protection. They get full protection of the law. That, um, and, and if they're not, that, they're, that the medical professionals could be subject to prosecution. And penalties. I mean, we got to have something in force that people know that there will be consequences if you don't follow these issues. And so that's a really in large response to what happened in New York and Virginia, passing laws or making statements suggesting that there was some question about whether or not there would be protection. And we weren't sure our state law was clear on it either. And so if anyone was wondering, now you don't have to wonder. Senate Bill 22 makes it clear that you can't have these sweetheart deals between the government and Planned Parenthood and abortion providers like the city of Austin did, giving them $1 rent. To, for a government building for 20 years with the option of another 20 years. That is, now is going to be illegal. And so go to txvaluesaction.org to see what they put together, our sister organization put together on a legislative wrap-up. And if you see value in our work, this is the end of the month. You can make a tax-deductible do- donation to Texas Values, txvaluesorg donate. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Our fiscal year ends at the end of June. We need your financial support now, please. That's the only way we continue to do this work. We have a team of 10 people. We need to keep moving forward, and we need to replenish from a very expensive and a very long and uh, intense legislative session, txvalues.org. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.